When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Boys Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 340 of the Big Show, some Enforcer Based Podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Oh, we're starting already. How's everybody doing out there? Ah, uh, yes. Well, here in Saskatchewan, we've got snow. Oh, winter is here. Tremendous. I, uh, God, I hate snow. I told the wife, I said, when I retire, I've never seen snow again. No, I am down to Nevada, Arizona. Yeah, the moment falls, fall hits. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah, as you can hear, already starting to get a cold. Yeah, there we go. So it's not going to be exactly sounding like NPR today. My my smooth, sultry voice is going to be a little little nasally, a little plugged up. But despite that, I am here. Like a good teammate, I am not going to let my listeners down. There is at least a good solid dozen, two dozen folks that are tuning in that I don't want to let down. And I have to bring you some subpar podcasting. So here I am to bring you, deliver you some audio pleasure on your commute, or maybe it's Sunday morning, you're tuning in before the NFL starts, you're like getting ready, so you're going to tune into this, or on your Monday, like I said, on your commute, I know a lot of people do that, you know, so, yeah, everybody hates Mondays, let's add the fourth line voice to a Monday, there we go, oh yeah, let's just add to the misery, shall we? All right, folks, well, what are we going to talk about today? We've got a few things. Not many, not many. Like I said, it's a Sunday. You guys, I don't want to keep you here long. But uh, we got some gambling accusations. Uh, you know, we have, uh, apparently you're going to get suspended for winning fights now. We'll, we'll In the Southern Pro League, we'll talk about that. Um, oh, I was at the Dollar. of course I was at the Dollarama. That's right, we got hockey cards. They're, they're really running with the 91 score right now. I was kind of hoping it would be 90 score. We could chase some Lindros, but 91 score. Although, granted, it's better than the bloody Swedish league. If anybody wants Swedish hockey cards, I literally have like 60 packs. So, I'm very happy that uh, every time I start podcasting, my phone's going. There's Jay sitting down at the in his luxury box there at the Quad City game, wearing his Quebec Radio X jersey. 
you know, right down by the glass, luxury seating, drinking his Coors Light. Holy shit. I wonder what the poor people are doing. Man, yeah. Big league in the, big league in the Southern Pro League. There you go. But he, well, we'll get into the whole Portillo thing in a bit here, because he, Jay is, he gives you the straight scoop here. This is why we have, this is why I keep people like Jay around. You know, some people say he doesn't offer much, but he offers a little bit. And uh, we're, we use him for his Southern Pro League stuff. So we'll get into that in a bit. And I'll, tell, I'll explain everything to you. But before we get going, of course, I have to tell you, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. If you didn't know, over 100 shows in the network. And I'm on the original content creator side myself, Terry Ryan. Oh, and look look at these jokers that I associate with. Old uh, Joel, Joel Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles. And uh, Alec at the Five for Fighting podcast. Holy, yeah, there we go. No wonder I don't get invited anywhere anymore. But uh, if you want to tune in, Joe's show is a New York Islander-based podcast. And uh, while I could, I'm not going to... I haven't asked him how the interview went. I know he had it set up for the other day. And uh, so I'm not going to announce it. That's Joe's deal. I'm not going to wreck the, spoil it for you. But if he gets this guy... oh, Minor league legend. He is on some people's Mount Rushmore of minor league tough guys. So I am completely... Totally looking forward to that uh, interview. Actually, after I'm done this, I'm going to text Joe and ask how it went. But in the meantime, check out his uh, back catalog. Uh, Fakoda, Ewan, Strudwig, Asham, on and on. Tremendous. Then over uh, Mud Show there at the Five for Fighting podcast. Um, he is, uh, his uh, last episode was with Stephen Fournier. And they talked about the upcoming, or not upcoming, I guess last week's East Coast League um, opening weekend and they talked about the fight matchups and just Stefan's thoughts on, on guys and, and, and that sort of thing. I get, sorry folks, every once in a while I'm going to try. I, I, I have my hand on the mouse and I'm going to try to like, I'm not a big, <laughs> there we go. I'm not a big editing guy. So, but I will try to like not cough into the microphone so much. I know I've, I've sometimes I do that and I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll edit that out later. And then I completely forget. But, um, yeah, so I'm going to try to, uh, what do they call it, the delay button, but I don't think it'll probably work. But um, but yes, Alec as well. He has a great back catalog as well. By Lois, Rob Ray, uh, you know, Jason Rushton, on and on. Mike Segroy. Definitely give that a listen. Okay, here we go. Yeah, see? Oh, there you go. The delay button worked. Um, all right. And if you happen to be on the YouTubes, Definitely. Uh, fourth Line Voice on YouTube. I have over 2,000 videos on my channel. All the leagues are represented. Whatever league you're looking for, just type into the search engine. Boom, up it'll come. Yes, I know. I've said it a bunch of times. I know I have a lot of subscribers on that channel. And uh, I have not actually been very active on YouTube as of the last couple months. Just busy. But I have some news here, folks. Um, and I definitely, uh, am going to get more active on YouTube. I've figured a few things out, talked to a few cats and, uh, yes. So the YouTube channel is going to start rolling here quickly. Uh, also Alec at the five for fighting podcast, of course he has a YouTube channel. He puts up East coast league fights. Definitely check that out. And my boy Jay out in Iowa there, D, the, like the letter D, skunk, like the animal, D skunk. He uploads Southern Pro League fights as of right now. That's his thing now. He's a Southern Pro League guy for the last bunch of years. 
but he's been he's had his YouTube channel for many years. And if you go back and look, he's got like old IHL stuff. He has some Quad City stuff when they were in the American League as the Flames affiliate. They had Prust and Jonathan Hammer Tremblay, some McIntyre, Little John fights. Definitely subscribe to his channel. And uh, I, like I always say, guys, uh, as a creator, this is the little things you can do for us to help us out. Subscribe to the YouTube channels. If you watch a video and you like it, hit the little thumbs up button. Again, I know it sounds corny. YouTube loves that shit. It helps in the algorithms. It helps us out as content creators. And it's just little things that you guys can do. Same thing with the podcast. I would say not just mine, but any podcast you listen to, download, don't stream. That's how they can track it. That's how you get paid. And uh, again, it helps in the algorithms. Rate the show, rate and review it. Just hit the star rating. Like I said, it's in your hand. Right when you go to iTunes, you're hitting play. Right above it's like rate this show. Just rate it. Same with, you know, and, and iTunes and stuff. It's like, again, I'm not just saying it for myself, but for all creators, if you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review it. It helps out the creator in the algorithms. And uh, yes, there we go. That's a little thing. Costs nothing. And that's a little thing you guys can do to help us out. There, There's a PSA. I know I say it every time, but, you know, I, I always, I'd like to think I have... I, it's probably the same joker, same listen to the show over and over again. But I'd like to think I have some new listeners now and again. But uh, I hope I got some new listeners after last week's episode, Wednesday's episode with Farmer Rob. Oh, it had been a long time since I had Rob on the show. It was great to have him back on. We did 10 rapid-fire questions, talked some old-school Leafs, some old London Knights. It was cool. And uh, it definitely will not be so long in between appearances for Rob. I, uh, I always enjoy talking to Rob. So I encourage you to check that out. And, uh, no, I will not be talking about Ovechkin fanboys today, although I still get a few of my notifications. It's like, oh, God, you know, but, yeah, we're pretty much, uh, we're moving on from that, right, as much as I can move on from it. Can I really move on? I don't know. <clears throat> Some would say I cling to things. Yes. So let's open these hockey cards, shall we, before we, we get into things. As I would say, we're opening hockey cards on an audio podcast. It always makes complete sense, but... What makes sense in this world nowadays? Let's go. 91 score. James Patrick. Rob Ramage. Tom Barrasso. Brian Fogarty. What a talent. Pat Elenuk. Oh, there you go. Cam, Crunch Crew. Cam Neely. That'll go over there. Paul Coffey. Crunch Crew. All Samuelson. Oh, well, here. Hold on. Where is it? There you go. Right into the back. Right into the garbage. Michael Pavanka. Don Beaupre, Steve Conroy, Daniel Berthum, the bandit, uh, Reggie Lemelin, Musil. Well, that was a underwhelming package. Huh. But I did get Cam Neely, so that's cool. There we go. Dollarama hockey cards. Ah, all right. Well, I guess the first thing's first. Of course, the big news. Of course, I, the irony of this show, as, as I'm sponsored by DraftKings and everything else, and I've talked about gambling on the show and I go to Las Vegas every year. I am a gambler. Um, I am. I'm not, uh, I'm not afraid to admit that. But, uh, so this one kind of, uh, this, it, this story interested me. Well, it didn't really, <laughs> the thing that I, I, well, how do I put this? I, I guess people's reaction to it, I shouldn't say it surprised me because people are morons. So, I guess I wasn't surprised, but it's just everybody's complete lack of understanding of what's going on, I guess, is what, like, 
do you not get why they suspend? Oh, every time you watch a game, that's all it is is gambling commercials. He has gambling ads on his helmet. Like, talk about hypocrisy. Well, it's not. You know, it. you can't, if you're an athlete, you can't bet on the sport you play. That has been a rule since the dawn of time. And there's been, I laugh, I, like I said, I laugh when people talk like betting on sports is like new shit. Like, oh, well, I never saw a gambling ad on TV before, so no, this must be new. Oh, well, welcome to this, this fucking century. Like, really? Gambling on sports is new in your world? Oh, well, I never saw an ad on TV before. Yeah, because in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, you see that? We didn't have fucking phones and computers, you fucking moron. So, no, of course you couldn't bet on online back then, but there was a whole city out in a desert somewhere that you could go to and back then and bet on it. I've been betting on hockey in Saskatoon since the I was in grade 9 in high school. It was called Pro-Line Sports Select. I could go to 7-Eleven, buy a super big gulp, and bet on hockey and football and everything else. It was a, it's, a, it's a Canadian lottery corporation. It's been doing that since 1991. You could bet on Sports Select. Like, are you living with your head in the, in the sand here? Oh, it's just going to lead to kids gambling. Oh, okay. Well, we were kids and we were gambling. I, do you have problem with the back of the, with the Molson Cup three stars? Like I go to the liquor, I was just in the liquor store today. Oh, on the Molson Canadian 24 pack, there's a giant NHL logo on it. Oh, well, isn't that, I mean, oh, there's the, the NHL alumni sponsors rye whiskey, Hall of Fame bottles. I have one right on my shelf over here, Wendell Clark edition. Oh, is that, that might lead kids to drinking. Fuck off. Like just, like, no, the it's just morons. So it's right. First of all, why well, you shouldn't be suspended? Well, no, idiots. It's right in the collective bargaining agreement, i.e., the union with the players agreed upon that you cannot bet on this. They can bet on any other sport except this game of hockey. Now the problem becomes with this. The news piece that came out is is misleading because it says Pinto did not bet on hockey. Well, then it's like, then what the fuck is he suspended for? Because you're allowed to bet on anything else. Now, from talking to ex-players and people that are in the know, from what I'm told, he gave information to his friends. And they bet. Well, I was going to say, some friends, how do you, how do you, would they rat you out? You must have given them shitty information. That's who I'd be. If I was Pinto, that's who I'd be looking into. Who ratted you out? Holy shit. Um, so... No, and for everybody that doesn't get, oh, that's hypocrisy, blah, blah, blah. No, it's called insider trading, you dumb shits. In the stock market, you go to jail for that. Ask Martha Stewart. That's what exactly what insider trading is. Like, can you wrap your head, can you not figure out why players shouldn't bet on the, well, even if it's not on their team, that's still, they should be able to bet on hockey as long as it's not the Senators. Yeah, because he doesn't talk to any other players on any other team and wouldn't have insider knowledge. Like, morons. No, you can't. And then I love, of course, then you got to get the guys, the, the whataboutisms, or yeah buts. You always have the yeah but guy. Oh, yeah but, like this hasn't been going on for years. Well, of course, it's been going on for years. But you probably, you keep the shit on the down low, you dummies. You know, yeah, of course it's been going on. Now, am I sitting there saying, oh, games are fit? Well, games have been fixed. It always seems to, it always comes out in the end. But, I mean, 
like say in baseball, like if whatever it's if it's announced that the that the ace is starting today, but buddy on the team knows, oh no, they're actually going to pitch this other guy because this guy's hurt. He might tell his friend, oh yeah, no, you know, Roger Clements ain't pitching for us today. It's some kid up from the minors, you know. But the, they're not saying anything, and then yeah, or the NFL might, oh wait, nah, he's our, our starting quarterback's not going to play, you know, blah blah blah. He might tell his buddies that. I'm sure he has. I'm sure that's happened numerous times. You know. But, nonetheless, in public, as, as a rule, no, you cannot bet on your own sport. That's common sense. That kills the integrity of the sport. And that's the thing. Like, Vegas and these sporting sites, these betting sites, they don't want that to happen because now it's a rigged game. So how does that go over with your audience? It's like, well, the audience is thinking, well, no, these games are rigged. You know, so I'm not playing. No, so they don't want that either. The, the betting sites. I was like, well, no, it's rigged. That's what the league wants. No, the league does not want that. You know, and it's like, oh, they shouldn't have the gamble. Oh, well, okay, you know, there's a lot of things in life that shouldn't happen. I mean, oh, I get it. Believe me, if you tune into an, a sport... Like, cause I mean, I don't watch hockey anymore, but I mean, I was watch. I've been watching the Jays games and the baseball playoffs. Oh yeah, I get it. There's a bet three sixty five or draft gear, whatever. There's an ad every every commercial break. There's a gambling ad. So no, I get people's annoyance with it. I I complete. I do completely. I understand that. But the revenue stream that it creates for the league, they're never going to get rid of gambling. But again, this isn't new. Oh, well, they shouldn't have the board ads on there because the kids see it. Oh, go watch any Canadian hockey game in the 90s and 2000s. There's a pro-line board ad, you know, with the lotteries right on the every, you know. Again, like, I, I know maybe you've had, like, your head in the sand this whole time and you don't get it, but this shit's been going on. And there's been betting in sports since the day organized sports began. So, again, this isn't new shit. So I laugh when everybody just gets outraged over, well, I knew this was going to happen. Oh, yeah, because it hasn't been happening for 50 years. Like, oh, yeah. But, hey, way to catch up. Way to be here to the party. But, yeah, so I don't know what dumb shit did here or who his friends are that ratted him out. But uh, but the, I agree. The wording of the press release sounded what well, is what caused all the stupidity. If they had just said, what associate he gave information to associates or whatever about games. Okay, well then that would make sense. But this this he suspended for forty one games for gambling on sports, but he didn't bet on hockey. Then you go and read the NHL CBA. Players are allowed to bet on any other sport but hockey. What? So this is why people are like this doesn't make any sense. But I'm just saying that's what I heard. That's what's going on. And I heard it from a few different people. Again, maybe my sources are shit. But there's obviously more to the story. And clearly either... Yeah, he had to have given information to somebody about hockey. Because again, if it's like he's betting on the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter. If he's betting on the Blue Jays, okay, whatever. That doesn't matter. He can. So clearly he gave information about hockey to someone. Obviously. Or they used his account. Maybe that was it. He had a, and then right then I would be, I'd, I'd find new friends. So if they used his actual account to bet on sports or bet on the NHL, it's like, oh, well, thanks. 
you know, idiot. So, more to the story for sure. But yes, these people that don't get all this, like really you don't get it. You don't understand why betting, a player betting on the sport that he plays could lead to some issues. Okay. Ah, yes. Anyway. Oh, also, well, as I said earlier, for those that want to follow along, um, Jay there, D-Skunk, has uploaded a video of Justin Portillo versus two Birmingham Bulls, is what the title says. It's his newest video. Last night, Justin Portillo, tough guy, um, got into a fight with uh, Pace, I believe the kid's name is. Pace knocked one of his players down, whatever, was messing with guys. Portillo came barreling over, <clears throat> kind of whacked him with a stick a few times, giving it the let's go, let's go. Well, they dropped their gloves. It was mutual. They both dropped their gloves. <clears throat> Portillo grabs them. Whatever, they hits him, but right away they like they go down. And Portillo like lands on him. And I think Pace's head kind of hits the ice. He got helmets on, but he hits his uh, hits his head on the ice, which probably knocked him a little loopy. And Portillo drilled him when he was down. As he's getting up, he like hammers him with a shot, very kite on coaster like, or not, no, I guess it's the other way around, coaster on kite like. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, well, and then the rest break it up. So Portillo's skating away with the linesman. Some other Birmingham guy comes flying over and like kind of runs into or comes right into Portillo with he when he's standing there when he's skating off with the ref. So Portillo grabs that guy and like lays a beating on him too, like starts wailing on him. The guy goes down. The guy doesn't even drop his gloves or his stick. <clears throat> but he has to come over and flap his fucking lips, like, okay, well then you get here's here's a couple for you too, dummy. You know, and I laugh that all these people on this Southern Pro League fan site. They're all, not all of them, but a lot of them, of course, are crying. Oh, he's mean. Yeah, well, fighting. Oh, of course, every, all the code boners have to, all the code bros have to come out, and that's not how you do things. And clearly, they've never watched a fight before 2010. Clearly, nothing from the 80s or 90s. Um, I mean, you know, should he have hit the guy when he was, eh, you know, probably not. But I mean, you're fired up in a fight, and this guy's been, you know, and you're trying to send a message. Don't mess with my guys. Ah, fuck, you get what you get. I mean, I've always said with this show, I mean, I might sound like a harsh asshole and everything else, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's a fist fight and you're trying to send a message. Or it used to be, it's a fist fight and you're trying to send a message. Don't fuck with my guys. And I'm going to inflict pain on you. That's... Isn't that the point of... I always thought that was the point of fighting. I mean, I know nowadays it's let's have a gentlemanly go and then bro hug after. Oh, yeah. I mean, whatever. But, I mean, like I said, all these people love fighting until it becomes real. You know, when a guy gets hurt, like the Kachuk and Tuck fight the other night when he goes down and he hits him. Well, yeah, don't don't stick your fucking knee out on me then. Like, it's that simple. And again, I don't understand why people can't grasp this. It's a fist fight. That Oh, something bad might happen? Oh, really? Like, no shit. Like, it's just, it's amazing to me. You know, and then, so when, like, oh, we all want, oh, we want enforcing and policing the game, and they've taken it out of the players' hands. These All these people say this shit. Old-time hockey! You know, and all, they love to yell all this shit until old-time hockey happens and players police the game. 
Because when you police the game, bad shit happens. Mean shit happens. Oh, you got to read these clowns. Oh, he should be suspended for life. What For what? Winning a fight? Like, now, like, did he sit there and mount him and ground and pound him for 10 minutes during a line brawl? No. He landed on the guy. As he got, he got up first and drilled him once when he's down. Oh, well. Don't fight then. Like, again, so you're suspending him for winning a fight. Oh, I get it because the fight didn't go how you wanted it to go. Like, they should, he should have led him back up and had a respectful Donnybrook. Oh, yeah. No, you got your ass kicked. The guy got his ass kicked. And that was that. And like I said, sometimes bad shit happens. Of course, me saying this, all of a sudden, I'm a fucking asshole. Well, no, I'm just... I think I'm the only one being realistic in this conversation. Like I said, everybody... All these fight fans love fighting until there's a fight. You know, it's just like... I mean, you talk about hypocrisy. Like, oh, yeah... Old time hockey. Oh yeah, till actually old time hockey happens. Yeah, it's all fun and games, and we can yell and scream, and it's all oh, the hats, and they're so funny, and they wear glasses, and it's old time hockey. <laughs> if you had watched hockey from back then when they were playing, you would have nightmares of the shit that went on back then. If you think this shit's mean, if you think Justin Portillo, what he did right there, is the meanest thing ever, oh. Yeah, don't don't go on my YouTube channel. That'll be like nightmare fuel. Don't watch any Wendell Clark or Dave Brown footage or Semenko. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's why hockey's better now because those goons aren't involved. Oh, okay. Well, is hockey cleaner now? Like, explain that. To, is it? Yeah, I don't know. You know, but sure. I love these guys though, and the fight, like the one goof though, after the fight's done, and Portillo's with the linesman, and they're skating off. Oh, he's gonna skate by real close and start mouthing him off. Like, oh, you're such a hero. I love that Portillo grabbed him and just like beat on him for, like, gave him a bunch of shots. And of course, the pussy turtles. Like, okay, but you, like, it's like the tuck thing with Kachuk. Oh yeah, you could, you'll do the subtle stick out the knee, subtle shot, and then, oh, what do you mean? Oh, you knew exactly what you were doing, and guess what? As the same, as you love to, you people love to yell, fuck around and find out. We found out, you know, and then all of a sudden everyone's upset by it. Well, it's funny until it happens. Then all of a sudden, oh, I can't believe he'd do that. Oh, okay. Also, have any of you ever been in a fight? It's rhetorical. I, I guarantee you haven't been. If you're sitting there throwing punches or you're legit mad at people, are you thinking clearly? Like, no. You were wound up and fired up. And could you imagine fighting in front of a few thousand people? What that energy would be like. Oh, no. He should just stop because that's the code. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh. You know, and the moon is made of cheese. But for those wanting to know what I'm talking about, type in. Go to D Skunk's channel. And it's very for Justin Pertillo versus two Birmingham Bulls. You will see what I'm talking about. And uh, if you're an old school guy, you'll be like, yeah, well, looks like the 80s to me. So now, my one, my I will put the period on this thought here. But now, is that a is that right? Well, that could be debated. But this is again, this isn't new. And if you want policing in the game, unfortunately, you you make omelets, gonna break some eggs, and. Uh, you know, not again, I'm not wishing injury on pace or anything like that, but 
if you're going to mess around with guys' teammates and then fight the guy, well, that is, that, that is, uh, some consequences for your actions and fighting that guy. That's what happens. So, but this idea that, oh, I'm sure they'll suspend him for a bunch of games because, you know, we have to have social media outcry over the whole thing. But if I was Portillo, that's what I would say to the commissioner. So you're suspending me for winning a fight? I like that. Oh, for, I, like the one guy goes, oh, for a violent act. What the fuck is fighting? Then everyone who fights should be suspended for a violent act? Like, are you not... Again, am I, I'm looking around here like, is this, like, are we on candid camera? Yeah, he's suspended for a violent act. Oh, okay, well, isn't, isn't an open ice hit violence? I, I mean, maybe it's semantics here at this point, but I mean, hockey is a violent game. We're going to start suspending people for being too violent? Now, if he had taken a stick and McSorley and brashiered him, well, yeah, okay. But it was a mutual glove dropping, and this guy got his ass kicked. How is that suspendable? Because if that was a suspendable offense, Tony Twist would have, and Dave Brown and Probert, these guys would have been suspended an awful lot of times. I love that one. Oh, he should be suspended for violence. Oh, okay. Like, oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Anyway, there we go, folks. Well, I've got a list here, folks. We're, we'll, uh, that my boy Yuka, sent to me, and it's the NHL's 10 worst fighters in league history. Uh, there's always numerous lists like this around, so uh, I have not looked at it, but Yuka says it's a gem, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm going to hit you with a sponsor here, and then we're going to get into this list. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games, and who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use the code THPN to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas City, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Are we back here, folks? All right. I just, uh... I got called for supper. So there you go. Now I'm back. And we got to do this list before we wrap things up. And once again, I want to thank you for sending this to me. You said it's a jam, so let's see. Like I said, folks, I have not looked at it. I am discovering it with you guys. <clears throat> so the reaction is genuine. So, 
All right. The NHL 10 Worst Fighters in League History by Nicholas Goss. Written September 14th, 2011. So we got a little age on this one, but that's all right. Uh, fighting is one of the most exciting parts of the NHL, but nothing's worse than awful fights where two guys would rather wrestle than throw some punches. Oh, Nicholas is like looking into a, <laughs> it's like looking into a crystal ball, isn't it? Um, if you agree to fight or act like a goon for an entire game, be prepared to fight. Don't act surprised when gloves are dropped. Well, all right. <laughs> Didn't I just talk about this like 15 minutes ago? Uh, Let's look at 10 players who just took the excitement out of fighting and may not even know how or when to fight someone. All right. Nicholas Goss is a Bruins featured columnist for Bleacher Report. who was an organized on-site reporter for the 2011 finals. All right. <clears throat> yeah, so this is a, a Bleacher Report uh, list here. So, all right. Here we go. 10 worst, what did we say? 10 worst fighters in league history. Number 10. Jay Caulfield. Uh, <clears throat> Caulfield was an awful fighter who rarely tried to throw punches and would rather just wrestle for a few minutes. When he had enough, he just fell to the ground. Just terrible. Um, yeah, Jay wasn't very good. Um, <clears throat> I've, I've always said, I, uh, the one thing I'll always give Caulfield credit for is, I mean, he certainly didn't back down from anybody. His fight card's really good. Um, it just... I think he got started with the game late. Um, he was a football player, was he not? Wasn't he a linebacker in like college or something? Um, so I, I think his skating never developed. Um, but he's certainly big and strong. Um, but yeah, when your balance is that terrible, it's like, yeah. But I will say the one thing that a lot of people don't know is apparently Caulfield, like Mary and Lemieux, are like really good friends. And when Lemieux was making his comeback from the cancer thing, Caulfield was the guy that worked out with him. So uh, there you go. Fun little fact. But uh, there you go, number 10, Jay Caulfield. Number 9, Tori Robertson. Tori Robertson epitomized the hug in wrestling and only started to fight in this in this video. Well, yeah, the kids, they got video clips, or obviously, but uh, epitomized hugging wrestling and only started to fight in this video, at least. After he took his opponent to the ice with a headlock, started started to fight when the guy's on the ice, that's pretty cheap. Um, again, Tori Robertson, uh, he played a long time. Uh, he had a lot of fights. I think he had like a 30, I'm pretty sure he had like a 35 fight, 35 or so fight season. And, uh, I know he had about five fights in the playoffs one time. I don't know why, but for some reason I look, I was looking up Tory Robertson one day. I don't know why. And it surprised me. Um, oh yeah, that's the other thing. If, as, if, 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 fuck, you know, the, once again, I, I, I see the, uh, once again, the geniuses of hockeyfights.com have now revamped their site to make it even shittier now. Like, who, like, you talk about fucking clunky. I tried to look up someone's fight card the other day. I can't remember who it was now. Just junk. It's just like, why, you have, like, ugh. I, they don't know whether to fucking scratch their watch or wind their ass over there. It just, what a great site it once was, and now it's just in the toilet. Like these clowns that took it over, just, just, ugh. and that and that sad thing is, is that's like the only thing that's around. It, um, oh yeah, actually, while I'm thinking about it, I know I've had a few people ask me about Steve's project, kind of the Drop Your Gloves 2.0. Um, I talked to Steve about it a couple weeks back, and it's one of those things. He just the computer guy he hired is having problems and. And of course, this guy has other projects going on, and it just hasn't been able to devote the time to it. And Steve's kind of run out of money, and like it's an expensive 
uh, undertaking and Steve's put a lot of his own money into it. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, like Steve said, right now it's kind of, you know, he's just, uh, kind of dead in the water, really. Um, the, the shell's there for the site and there's a bunch of stuff, but, um, I'm going to get Steve on the show and he can, he can uh, talk about where it is. Um, I know I talked to him, I know he feels terrible because a bunch of, a lot of people donated money and, uh, you know, and he feels bad cause he, you know, he doesn't want to be looked at like, oh, he like took money or whatever. Like he's not like if he, I know Steve, he would never do that. And, um, well, we're not talking like millions anyway, but no, he wouldn't do that. But, and the site was out there and I know he had some guys kind of entering data and stuff, but it was like, it's just like one of those things, right? You get, it's when your site design and, um, and you're not a computer guy, like he's like, I can't write code and all this shit. So, um, you know, and you're trying to relay what you want to a computer guy that probably kind of doesn't really get it, you know, and he's, it's, it's tough. So, um, I'm feeling for Steve on that one, but I'm going to get him on the show to, he can explain it better than I can. Um, but for those that were asking about kind of drop your gloves 2.0, God, how I would love to get that back. God, I miss drop your gloves. Ugh, because this hockeyfights.com is just the shits. But yeah, yes. Anyway, an aside. Let's get back to it. Tory Robertson. Uh, what was that? Nine eight. Paul Baxter. Baxter was one of the bigger sucker punches in the NHL for quite some time. He would often attack players when they couldn't defend themselves or were laying on the ice. He might even be the most hated, one of the most hated NHL players ever. Rick Tockett was giving Baxter some of his own medicine in this video. Yeah, Baxter was a dirty dude for sure. You know, one of those, uh, what are the, <clears throat> was it one of three guys that had 400 minutes? It was Schultz, Schultz, Peluso, and Baxter, I think, are the three guys with 400 minutes in a season. Um yeah, I mean, is it Ben Wilson that's Baxter sucker punch? Like, talk about, you know, holy shit, do you have a death wish? Um, <clears throat> again, this is, I'm just discovering this list right now, so it's not like I've, you know, went and researched all these guys and I can give you a whole backstory, back history of these guys. I can't. But I know Baxter was fairly <clears throat> um, dirty and stuff, but... <clears throat> um. You know, I guess that's the thing with the title. Like, you know, 10 worst fighters, and we can list them off, and we can have some laughs, and it's like, okay. But, you know, at the end of the day, these guys, you know, like with Tory Roberts and stuff, like that guy fought 30 times a year. Now, you know, were they great? You know, was it Tasker sent? Well, no. You know, I mean, in Caulfield and stuff, like, were they great fights? No, they weren't. Um, but, <clears throat> I mean, you know, we're, we're doing the list for jokes, right? Like, we're just having some fun with it. This is nowhere... <clears throat> meant to demean these guys or their career or their accomplishments or anything they've done. <clears throat> I mean, at least that's not how I'm taking this. <clears throat> I mean, I guess, oh, you're doing the list and you're high, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> like I said, we're having, at least from my standpoint, you know, it, <clears throat> it's basically the absurdity of it that this guy is going to write an article about the worst fighters <clears throat> I mean, I could see if it was an ex-player writing it, and, like, these are all the guys he fought, and these were the shittiest guys that I fought. Well, okay, well, that, you know, that's coming from a place of knowledge and experience, so it's like, well, goddamn, can't really argue with that. When it's just one of us couch potatoes sitting there writing our list of guys we don't like or we think are boring, well, you gotta take it with a grain of salt. I mean, you know, I, I don't think we we need to, you know, like, for some reason, if Paul Baxter or Tory Roberts is listening to this show... I don't want them to think, oh, that fucking 
fat idiot Darren from the fourth line voice thinks I'm a fucking loser, piece of shit, like, and I sucked. Well, no, I don't. <clears throat> I, res- I respect, I mean, I know I'm trying to I mean, Teflon here, I'm trying not to get any on me, but no, in truth, it's like I respect everything that these guys did and fought and, and what it took to get there, not only in the NHL, but in the minors and junior getting there and all the fights that they had to do. So, no, I have nothing respect for these guys. And, yeah, some guys are, you know, for every angle stand. <laughs> and, uh, and, and and Bob Probert, there's a Tory Robertson and a Jay Caulfield. But styles make fights, and that's what makes it go around, right? So gives us something to talk about. So there, there's, I guess I should have said that from the outset. That's my PSA, but let's keep going here. I'm rambling. I've got to wrap this up. My voice is, my throat's killing me. <clears> throat> I, again, I apologize, folks. I know, uh, yeah, it's, uh, sound like a goddamn 35 year old chain smoker over here. Uh, so what is that? Uh, 10, nine, they don't have a number eight. So this would be seven, seven at Ospidar. Ospidar is not a good fighter as this video shows, but the worst part was he, he picked this fight with the Islanders, Bruiser, Clark Gillies, who at the time was one of the toughest players in the game. Pick a fight with someone much tougher than you after the, after they decline, then you can't even put up a fight. Yeah, I'd say Ed is a pretty bad fighter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would use the uh, the Clark Gillies fight uh, to illustrate how bad Ed Hospitar is. I mean, Gillies uh, was a pretty bad dude. So, I mean, that's like, you know, they, they use this fight. Well, he lost the Provert. Well, okay, you know, like that's, I don't think that makes you shitty. Now, you know, am I saying old boxcar hospital was a great fighter? Well, no. I mean, he took he took some thumpins, but I mean, uh, again, a little little out of my timeline. I mean, it's kind of the eight, like you know, I again, have I researched Ed Hospital's career? No. Have I seen some of his fights? Yes. I know he's a big hitter. I actually have a couple of uh, Hospital's massive hits on my YouTube channel. Um, big hitter. I thought he almost friggin' killed Kevin McClellan. Um, Big hitter, but uh, yeah, Ed, that was a yeah. I think Gillies actually broke his face, did he not? That was a, that was a rough beating that one. Number six, Craig Berube. <laughs> what? Uh, well, I've never fought in a hockey game. Yeah, but if I did, I would know that kicking is not a is not only an unwritten rule, but it makes you look stupid. Berube tries to kick Mick Fakota here, and Berube promptly gets nailed. Maybe Berube should try and fight like a man instead of treating this bout like a martial arts training exercise. What the fuck is this guy talking about? Kicked Mick Fakota. Okay. Well, this video, I'm going to play this. So, David Adams is oh. the largest online seller of un- Okay, yeah. Well, clearly old Nicholas here doesn't know what he's talking about. And he has clearly not watched Brew. I'm like reading that description. I'm like, when did Bruby ever kick anybody? Uh, sorry, I did. when I was hitting the video there, I realized it was obviously the volume was on. Um, yeah, Fakoda and Bruby. It's like, well, because Bruby's such a, you know, he's such a spaz fighter. When he grabs, oh, he's, his leg kind of like kicks out. It goes to the side. He's not trying to kick him straight on. And actually he gets caught by Fakoda in that fight. Um so I don't know what this guy's talking about. The fact that you have Craig Berube on the worst fighters. <laughs> okay. Yuka, now I get what you're saying. Um, no, that's just, uh, that's just embarrassing to have Berube on this list. Uh, the guy fought everybody has huge wins against Probert and everybody. So, um, played forever, fought everybody, um, was, 
I mean, you talk about now, you talk about a guy that would, I mean, this guy talk, oh, a wrestler, whatever. No, Ruby was far from a wrestler. He was an action fighter. Um, well, I don't have to tell you guys about Craig Ruby. The fact that he's even on this list is ridiculous. And this guy, I have no understanding what this guy's talking about with his, yeah, Craig Ruby versus Mick Fakota, November 4th, 1995. Look that one up and you'll see what I'm talking about. No, because Bruby, you know what I mean when he, just picture Bruby right now as you're listening to me, how he fights, right? He's got that square off and he's kind of back and forth and he's kind of up on his skates and he's kind of jumping around and, you know, he's amped up. He looks like, a, it's like a can of Red Bull. Yeah, that's what this is. It's like, no, he didn't try to kick him. So, stop. Stop being dumb. So, five, Joe Patterson. Patterson, one of the bigger wrestlers to play the game of hockey in his butt with Ed Kostelik. Patterson seems to want to wrestle more than fight. Kostelik wants to go and definitely eager to fight, but Patterson clinched onto him and wouldn't let him. Um, all right. I mean, I, I have, I mean, I, I guess we'll call this a, a swing and a miss because I have, I have nothing, um, positive or negative to say about Joe Patterson. I have never, I mean, I know who he is and all that stuff, but I mean, I never paid enough attention to his career or his fights to sit here and quote chapter and verse about Joe Patterson's fight career. So I have no idea. Um, I find it ironic that he's talking about Ed Costellic and and Joe wanting to open up. That's kind of okay. But uh, yeah, so, uh, that one might fall flat here, folks, because I don't know enough about Joe Patterson to comment on if he was a wrestler or not. Gary Nyland. What? One of the tough... Well, Gary Nyland was one of the tougher guys in the NHL during his career, but he wasn't that great of a fighter. He wrestled a lot, didn't want the battle with guys much better at fighting than him, like Joe Koser in this video. Uh, no, Gary Nyland would fight everybody, uh, and, and he was a big guy, and yeah, again, he took some shots, but I mean... One of the tougher guys during his career, but wasn't a great fighter. Well, okay. Um, I mean, again, I, do I have, I don't own a Gary Nyland DVD. I'm not going to put, I can't put it in and list off all the toe to toe battles he had, but I mean, I know he got caught a couple of times. I know Prober got him with a big uppercut behind the net, stuff like that. But I mean, you know, I, well, Again, you're going to use, like with Hospital and Gillies, now you're using the fight with Koser to make your example of, oh, see, he wasn't that great. Well, okay. You know, um, I don't think that's completely fair. Um, I don't know. I, Nyland was just one of the big old sandpaper D-man, glassing out, play in front of the net hard and fight when need be. I mean, I don't know. I think though, I think the hockey needs a few more Gary Nylands, in my opinion. That's just me. Uh, Don Jackson does two things. John Don Jackson does two things wrong with this battle of Stan Jonathan. First, he picks a fight with with Big Bad Bruins led by Terry O'Reilly. And second, he continues the battle after getting pummeled repeatedly. When Jackson did actually try to punch, his punches were weak and often didn't affect his opponent at all. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with Jackson. I mean, a bigger guy. Yeah, again, one of them just salty old bastards that would fight. Um, he did take, I will say, Donnie, old, he took some shots, man, like, oh, Koser, and, uh, I'm trying to think who else, he, he took some, uh, he took some knockouts, that's for sure, um, I want to say, if you want to look up Don Jackson, I believe he punches a mascot in the IHL, Sir Hattrick, if I'm remembering correctly, because I just watched that clip not that long ago, and, uh, it's on YouTube. 
Just type in Don Jackson versus mascot. You'll have a laugh about it. Um, yeah, I mean, again, with Don Jackson, I mean, I remember him on the Oilers back in those heyday teams. Um, you know, obviously he was a 3-4 guy behind Simeco and McSorley and guys like that. But, I mean, you know, again, always involved. And McClellan, too. So, you know, um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jay Miller caught him. Yeah, I mean, maybe Don wasn't that great of a fighter, but uh, he certainly, uh, he was willing. We'll put it that way. That's all you can ask for. Uh, I don't know what we're at, two or three or whatever. Sean Antosky. Yeah. Antosky was a decent fighter, but during his later stages of his career, he became quite the punching bag. Antosky liked to grapple on people and prevent real punches from breaking out. He also did not throw very good punches. Um, yeah, Antosky was one of those, uh, it's, oh, he's one of the, another one of those, like, high rank, uh, first round, like, Canuck picks that they were, Back in the early 90s, when everyone was looking for Probert. Um, Antosky was a real solid player in the OHL. Uh, you know, big, could score, could fight. Uh, had really solid uh, IHL seasons in Milwaukee. I think he had 18 or 20 goal seasons and like 330 minutes and shit. So it's like, if you're Vancouver, you're like, all right, we got something here, right? And they kind of did that with Stoyanov and stuff too. Like everybody... I mean, I've, I've talked about starting off on the show a number of times, but, um, you know, to get off Antosky for a second, but, uh, you know, everybody always, oh, the Naslin thing, and it's like, oh, yeah. At the time, it's like, I don't blame Pittsburgh for making that trade, because if you go back and look at their minor leagues, like, Stoyanoff had, like, 20 goals, and was, like, big and, like, getting into great fights, and it's like, yeah, and I, mean, he's, I think he had a 40-goal OHL year, 30-some goal OHL year. So it's the same thing with Antosky. And then, like I said, playing in the IHL, like 18 goals, 300 minutes, fighting everybody. Um, you know, again, was he, like, knocking everyone out and stuff? Well, no. Great fight with Turner Stevenson. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Antosky was all right. I mean, um, I think there's a... I, now, don't quote me on this. I don't want to. I believe there's a substance issue there, and uh, and I think as the as his career kind of bounced around, he kind of got that journeyman feel to it. I think uh, I think he just lost the passion, and uh, I believe I I want to say I listened to an interview with him or I read something that he wrote. I know he's uh, he does public speaking and stuff now, kind of about his journey and stuff, and um, there's some mental health stuff and whatever. So um, you know, I, I you know I wish him well and everything else like that. Um, yeah, it was just one of those things. I mean, that's the thing I think people often forget about these guys. It's like, these guys, especially, not now, but back in the day, like the guys that we're talking about here, these guys were fighting since they were 16. You know, all through junior, and you're making a name, you're going to fight all the tough guys. Then you get sent to the minors. Got to redo it all over again. Set, you know, make a name for yourself and start fighting every guy on every team. Then you get to the NHL, and you got to fight every guy on every team to establish yourself. Like, it's just a never-ending parade of getting punched in the face and that's incredible I couldn't even imagine how incredibly hard that would be so I can understand why you know hey maybe I'm gonna wrestle a little bit with this guy instead of going toe-to-toe like that's why I always give I'll give like guys like you know Odgers or Chris Murray or Bandon Bush or Mel Engelstad or John Morasti these video fighters that just are toe-to-toe you hit me I hit you and it's just unbelievable I mean 
I don't know how they did it. I, I, you know, and more power to them. Um, cause that's, I can't imagine. So seatbelt, the guy every once in a while, I completely understand. Yeah. Uh, oh, number one, last but not least, Brett Lindros. All right, that seems like an odd... Okay, Lindros is one of the bigger guys in the NHL who just got pounded regularly, often by smaller, younger players. Lindros liked to fight a lot and had some good bouts, but ultimately wasn't a great fighter. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was 19 years old fighting Paul Laws and Darren Langdon. And, um, again, uh, I mean, obviously he was in the shadow of Eric, but I mean, if you go back and look at Brett Lindros, I mean, his OHL stats are awesome. Um you know, and he had the pressure of the world put on him getting drafted. And, of course, Mike Milbury, we drafted the better Lindros. You know, leave it to Milbury to be a moron. Yeah, no pressure on Brett. And I just think they rushed him into the lineup, and he was a big physical guy. And he shouldn't have been fighting those guys. And he was, But he was trying to make a name. And, um, you know, you got an 18, 19-year-old kid. Yeah, he's big and everything. And, yeah, he, you know, dominated his fights in the OHL. Okay, but that's, you're fighting kids. And he was like a grown man. Like he was the size of Eric. Like those guys are huge. So, okay, you can dominate 17, 18 year olds in the OHL, but now you're not going to dominate Paul Laws or Darren Langdon. And they just picked him apart. Um, and yeah, he, and unfortunately, I mean, you know, we never, we never saw what he could do because his career never got going because he ended up with the head injuries and had to retire. Um, and it was just for a combination of physical and, and fighting guys. And then it's not just, oh, he fought probably had a concussion from the fight. It was, of course, back then, you know, oh, I got to cut, but I'm young and I, I'm a first round pick. So I got a pressure of the world on me. So I better keep playing. Hey, how you feeling? Oh, I'm good coach. I'm good to go. Meanwhile, you're seeing three. Well, I'll hit the one in the middle, right? So yeah. And eventually that unfortunately caught up to him. And, uh, you know, in his career was, I don't think he played more than one or two years, like, which is too bad. But, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I, I don't know why he'd be on this. I don't even know actually why. If you were, if somebody said come up with the ten worst fighters in NHL history, and they told me to come up with the list. Brett Lindros's name would not even come across my mind because he just didn't play long enough. Um, yeah, that uh, Yuka. I don't know about this list. Um, that was a little odd. That one, I, you know. Now, am I, you know, if I say, oh, but no, he's, Brett Lindros could have been great. Well, I mean, we'll never know, but, um, I, I don't remember watching him fight thinking he was really bad. Uh, I just thought he was just over, he was just, he went into the deep end too early. He should have waited in a little bit, but he didn't. He went right for it. And it's because of the pressure and, uh, first round and trying to live up to it. So, yeah, no, he should have been, uh, Probably should have been back in junior playing in the American League is probably what he should have been happening, not fighting Paul Laws. But uh, there we go. The genius of Mike Milbury. But uh, there we have it, folks. The 10 worst fighters. We had a little uh, real talk with fighting and uh, some gambling issues. So that will wrap up episode 340. <clears throat> I hope everybody went back, like I said, checked out episode 339 with Farmer Rob. Did the 10 rapid fire questions. Those were a lot of fun. Rob was a great guest. And, um, yeah, guys, I, uh, if you, uh, follow me on social media, uh, Facebook, as well as Twitter, fourth line voice, I always forget as well as Instagram, I'm fourth line voice, THPN on there. Um, 
Uh, I will apologize now with Instagram. I'm not, I gotta say, I'm not a real big fan of Instagram. I, I, I sound so old when I say this. I'm not very good at using it. Um, I'm, I'm kind of just fiddle fucking my way through it right now. Um, I'll try to get better at it, but, uh, I had a couple of messages sent to me. They were a couple of weeks old and I apologize, uh, to a couple of the cats because, uh, I, I wasn't ignoring you on purpose. I don't, I didn't know I could get those. So, um, my apologies, but, uh, thank you for listening to the show, by the way. I, I really, I, I truly do appreciate it. And, um, oh, in the last bit of personal news here before I let you guys go, um, I have accepted a new job and, uh, I'm changing departments and, uh, I'm now a waste management supervisor. So I got the soup. Well, it wasn't the job I initially applied for, but it's an, it's a different, it's a different, same, but different. So, uh, they actually got a hold of me, asked me if I wanted it. And, um, uh, it is only a temporary position for a year, but, um, and then after I go back, but it, it's something to, uh, I want to try it out and, um, you know, get my feet wet in that arena and, uh, see how it goes. Not going to lie, it's going to be nice to be inside during the winter instead of working outside. So I'm not going to complain about that. Um, you know, obviously a little more responsibility now that you're, you know, actually supervising people and stuff. I mean, um, I'm on my, like when I work now, I'm on my own. It's kind of my own deal. And, um, you know, it's, I'm easy like Sunday morning out there. It's my own shit. But this one's a little different, a little more structured. Obviously, I have to, um, like I said, supervise people. So, uh it's a different, uh, it's going to be something different after 15 years and uh, looking forward to the challenge and um, we'll see how it goes. But in saying all that, um, I have talked to them and I just got my schedule and uh, every second week I get, it's 10 hour shifts and it's like, it's Monday through Friday and then Tuesday to Friday. No, Monday to Thursday and then Tuesday to Friday. So I get like four days off every two weeks. And, uh, so that'll be cool. It'll actually be nice to have some days off. I haven't, I don't know what those are like with this current job, but the, I mean, I get a lot of overtime, but yeah, not a lot of free time. So I'm actually going to have days off. So the point of all this, not like anybody listening really cares, but, um, this is how it affects the show. Um, with my days off is obviously when I'm going to have to record with people and probably record episodes because by the time during the week, during my work week, because normally I'm home by three o'clock right now, this I'll probably be home by about seven. Um, so how, you know, eat supper, talk to my wife. By that time we're getting close to nine. I don't know how gung ho I'm going to be to come down here and record. Um, so I'm going to have to do a lot of recording during my days off. So, which is fine. Um, so as of right now, and then I have weekends off anyway, so I can still do the Sunday shit and all that. But, um, as of right now, I'm not sure how this is going to work in terms of recording, but I mean, I should have more time, I would think. Um, so we'll, and, and that's what I meant when I was talking about the YouTube thing earlier. Um, obviously when I have days off here, um, I'm going to start, doing some documentary stuff, doing some voiceovers on some videos, stuff like that. So I will have time for all of that. So, um, yeah, because other than going to Vegas in September, like I said, um, I believe it was like six or seven days off since April before my Vegas trip. And, uh, when was that in September? So, um, yeah, that's a lot of 
work and a lot of hours and I burned out. I really am. So, um, this will be nice for a little while to actually have two and four days off and, uh, you know, not that I'm a big sleep in guy, but it'll be nice just to kind of, you know, um, do my own shit, stay up late. I, you know, I, I get to, I'm, I've always been kind of a late, I always enjoy staying up late, but obviously, um, well, I still kind of stay up late, but it, it affects me because I have to go to work the next morning at like 5 a.m. So, uh, this I'll actually be able to sleep in after. So it'll be like being a teenager again, almost. So, um, yes, anyway, that's what's happening in my life. I just thought I would share with you guys. And, uh, I did actually have, I thank you for those that, uh, asked about, reached out and asked me how the, the job thing went. Um, that is what's going on. So we'll see. It shouldn't have any effect on the show. In fact, I should have more time. I was going to say, so the show should be better. Uh, I won't go that far. Let's not get too carried away. But I should have more time for the show, actually, to be completely honest. So looking forward to it. But anyway, guys, I'm going to get out of here. As I always say, I know there's hundreds of hockey podcasts out there to listen to. The fact that you chose to listen to mine, I greatly appreciate it. And uh, if you guys are listening and you enjoyed the program, I always say, tell a friend. You know, spread the word. Old-time hockey talk. And, uh, you know, the more the merrier. Oh, and by the way, if you're not on social media and you want to get a hold of me, hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Send me an email. Good, bad, or otherwise. Give me your feelings. If you want to come on the show, let me know. Always have you on. We can do a 10. If you have something you want to talk about or you want to do 10 rapid fire, whatever. I'm always looking for content. So let me know. Or if I posted something and you're like, this dumb shit doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm going to straighten his ass out. Absolutely. I'd love to hear from you. So we'll get you on the show. So I will give you the platform. So there we go. Let's get out of here. Let's attack the work week. And uh, I'll talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?